0: Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford.
1: And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez.
2: And hello, this is Adam Sass. One uh, of our official Scoobies. Yes, and that means he's our my executive voice. producer. I'm yes. the executive producer. Season um, premier queen.
1: It must be a new season if it's me. <laughs> and I just want to take a moment to say to everyone listening, welcome to season four of Slayer Fest. Ooh. and. This season is going to be bigger and better than ever. We have some big-name guests. I mean, we've had some big-name guests, but we have some great guests, (laughs) and we are going to be doing a lot of cool stuff, so we're super excited to welcome you to Season 4.
0: Yes. And also, we are... I feel like we're zooming through the show. We haven't even been a year yet, and we're already starting Season 4.
1: Yeah.
2: Season 4, the good season. (laughs) The real good one.
0: Um... Mm, well, <laughs> we just <laughs> don't finished.
1: stop. We're already starting on season four. We haven't even spoken oh. a word. About it. Oh boy, she's already worked up. <laughs> she's, you're the one who was worked up. And now you're deflecting.
2: <laughs> it's a lot of blame shifting. Um, all now, right,
0: so. So we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about yeah. the freshmen and living conditions because Matthew and I think both the episodes go well together, not unlike.
2: Um, Anne
0: and what the hell is Dead that? Man? Dead Man's Party, yeah. <laughs>
2: and Anne, um, yeah, this is this is a this is a this is a shout out to the Kathy arc,
1: yeah. <laughs> here, honestly, yes, it is <laughs> it's um, such a weird little arc, but yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a two act play,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, Kathy, an act into a play in two acts, <laughs> Kathy, Kathy, Kathy two goes to the <laughs> great, um. um Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, no. You guys are the so, you guys. The, okay, the host. so... Let's jump on in.
1: To the- yeah, we don't have to talk about origin stories today because we've all heard yours. And ours. That's right. We know. We know. So we can just talk about
2: Buffy in college. Okay. An, an addendum not- to my origin story, actually, I will say, because as as Adam's fans will remember <laughs> from season two, um, my origin story is I... Saw up to freshman, and oh, then I right. was cut off. So freshman is the last episode I I saw live. Um. So literally, so so when the freshman end, that was my knowledge of Buffy for like seven years.
1: Oh, and that's so a- funny because freshman is the episode where Ian stopped watching. But well, really, it's the yeah. graduation day part two.
0: Because I've said in our graduation episode. Because of the delay, because there was a the school shootings, and, like, Earshot didn't air, and then... I don't think I even noticed that Earshot was missing, because you really wouldn't notice. Um, but because Graduation Day 2 didn't air till yeah. like, two months later, and I had no idea what happened, I thought I just missed it, that I was like, Mer! and I gave up on the show, and, like, started watching a little bit in Season 4, and then Season 5 is when I came back as a crazy person.
2: <laughs> mm, yeah, Season 3 was a very harsh mistress with the rollout schedule. Yeah um chopped up for, like again just like again it started to get very
0: yeah
2: very in that and then also you just face the problem that we're gonna probably talk about definitely today i'm gonna talk about it um which is it's a brave new world um yeah. in buffy and oh, shit's changing you and know? it was so, it was d- it was so
0: different for me that i was like
2: eh when yeah i mean talk it, about it, the it, new world it, it, right it, now yeah it gets, it, I mean, it does care. I mean, every time you, like, reboot, I mean, this is a reboot. This is yeah. a, yeah. you lose the high school stuff. You use the the familiar library. Um Ooh, yeah. begins his weird, what's he doing? <laughs> um,
1: That's such an interesting idea, like, word for the episode as reboot. I mean, well, if, if anyone has seen Community, when Community rebooted for season five, they, the episode was called Read Pilot, in a lot of ways this does feel like a pilot episode of this brand new show they really go through like a lot of pains to like establish how all the characters are interacting at this point in time and like to do a lot of work on setting and and scene work to like tell you what it's like in college and I I, just a quick I, I did not go to a big university like the one uh, Buffy's at. Did either of you go to like a big school with a campus like that? Yes. Um, no. I I had a private university, but my
2: experience was. I mean, uh, again, it would have been great had my town let me see that goddamn season, um, <laughs> because it would have really prepared me for how I, all the feelings I would have going into college. Because it. I mean, it. Regardless of what it's like from a viewer point of view like someone watching it anew um it's a fairly accurate representation of what it's like to cross that line from child to adult um well, I, I get
1: the, the I think it, it's really hammering down on like the overwhelmingness but it's also kind of like it's an interesting pick or way to pick for a way to show overwhelming because like once again i have not ever been to orientation at a campus that was that big like that but i feel like for day one to have all those protests already is kind of like how did they <laughs> organize those protests how did the student groups get together and say where they were going to meet it is day one like,
0: and the internet yeah, barely, barely exists,
1: exists. <laughs> yeah oh my god like day one at my campus
2: was like it was all just people spinning like no one knew each. other. it was just so much like everyone just being wound up robot toys just spinning in circles, There's no one knew what was going on um but but uh yeah, the protest that's an interesting, um, yeah, weird thing that I, have cropped up
0: I feel like one could you guys just hear me putting on deodorant because I just put on deodorant?
2: It Who would have been a secret been
0: that's <laughs> myself because I smell um, I haven't left the house in a while, guys. um I felt like <laughs> this show would be like if the first three seasons were like called like high school, this would be, like, a spin-off just called College, is what it felt like. Like, clearly it's the same characters, but, like, they're all in different, totally different spots. You know, Buffy's feeling... She's feeling some kind of way. I, I've related... I know that Adam has heard me talk about this before. I don't know if you have, Matthew. Um, I related Buffy's feeling to Charlie from Perks of Being a Wildflower. It felt like... So that's my, one of my favorite books. I have the quote from the book I'm tattooed on my goddamn back, Um, so I don't say that as a negative, but I feel like I've made a million people in my life read that book, and I remember someone saying he felt too naive to them, even as a teenager, and I felt that critique coming through, I don't remember who said it to me about that book, I felt that coming through a little bit with Buffy's sense of, like, shock and awe in this episode specifically, like... I don't know. The library's big, but like, all right, who cares? And Buffy doesn't the care about books. Was not that yeah,
1: big. yeah. I needs mean, to be the ice queen, but the library was not that big. I'm like, just gonna say it.
0: Well, I mean, it's like bigger than the other library, but like.
1: But it, it's also a high school library. Like, yeah. who? I don't even remember what was in my high school library. I didn't go to my high school library.
2: <laughs> Again, like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It, it's a bunch of style choices, and this is where we start to get the nuts tightness yes from the show. Um because what they nail is her need to have her friend normalcy, but they make it manifest at first as like, oh, I can't handle someone shoving a paper in my fit. I can't handle the thing. <laughs> She's buffy. Like she can't handle the yeah. it's it's a little hard to swallow. What's easier to swallow is stuff where, you know, like she just is trying to connect with Willow in the yes. same way and Willow's up, up and away um, where, you know, in that sad moment where she tries to go back home to Joyce and it just, it feels different. There's just somehow it just feels different. Like coming home, it's, it's different than coming home from school at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is, and I, and I wrote a note about this, in a lot of ways, the whole episode just feels like Buffy is, like, walking around in this stupor, which is a very weird decision to make for the character. Like, she kind of walks and takes a trip and, like, meets all these different characters. It's like she's on this little, like, odyssey, and she tries to, like, find normalcy by talking to Giles, and then find normalcy by talking to her mom. And then she eventually, if there actually is, like, a really good motif structure working here because then she actually does find it the third time with Xander and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the end of her little wandering when she goes to the bronze but um it's it's still to me like a weird choice for Buffy to be so overwhelmed I mean I also sympathize because like college is naturally overwhelming when you move away but also she's like a 10 minute Uber from her mom's house and and they they
0: even make it a point to say that in the very beginning
1: (laughs) And she's also, like, she has moved from Henley to Sunnydale with, like, from Lost from L.A., you know, Henley High, to Sunnydale, and, like, with zero friends. And literally all of her friends have gone to the same school or still live in the same town. Right. It feels like she should be very well-adjusted. So, like, I think there's ways for you to get that, like, Buffy is overwhelmed without having to make her look like she has, like, a who-farted face the whole episode. (laughs) Like, as someone who moved from,
2: like, Illinois, town of, like, 4,000 people, a town that would cut off your WB subscription, like, right in the middle of fucking season, um, to Los Angeles for college. Like, again, it was something where it would have been, like, it would have been a good, like, thing to be able to see at that point, because that is, like, a really big shock. But just, yeah, like, the idea that just, like, oh, you're just down the street, like, again, it does kind of get a little, like, so what?
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah. So well, who cares? You're right there. You got home very easily.
1: Yeah. It doesn't make we like... uh, Not well. I just want to mention before we move on, um, Willow's amazing line about knowledge being a penetrating force that's going to, <laughs> or like, College being a penetrating force is going to thrust into her and spurt knowledge. Spurt.
0: It's like, girl, we get it, you're gay, you're trying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the way she says it is just so funny. It's the best, it's season four's
2: best plant and payoff.
0: Also, um, so because I don't have anything, I realize I have the DVDs, but I have nothing to play them on, um, and I only can watch it on Hulu. When you guys, is that, is that how you guys rewatch it too? Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. that when they do the fisheye... I'm not sure if this happened in the original episode or it's because they've whatever upped the like quality of them for Hulu, but when they do the fisheye view of the library when Buffy walks in, you can see the camera on either side. Like, you see the lens of the camera. Good. I didn't
2: notice that.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. It's like the enti- every time they show the library to make it bigger through a fisheye lens, you see the lens. It's like you see the sides of the camera lens, and it's really yeah. weird.
2: No show has been done more dirty <laughs> with this, with the new streaming stuff than Buffy yeah. has.
0: I feel like because it came out at such a weird time where it was, like, almost good, but, like, not quite there yet.
2: Well, it's early WB, and yeah. that's another thing. Like, it gets very... This season is where they really start to make it feel like not just Buffy, but, like, a WB show. Well, it's um,
1: interesting. I, I, was, I made a note, even, that, like, the very first shot... Looks a lot less grainy than the last shot of like graduation day part two. Like it, it looks very like, um, you yeah. know, like just like the the camera. It just looks yeah. like much more cont- like what contemporary TV right. looks like. Yeah, no, they I got agree. that felicity money and they started sprinkling it. Because I feel
0: like season three is when it got, like season two. They kind of like were like, oh, season one was way too dark, literally light wise. And they, like, a little bit brightened it. And then season three, they got way better quality cameras. And then season four, they got even better, I feel like. Season four feels like you just said, contemporary. Season three was, like, almost there. And then season four feels like it actually is.
2: Season four just feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but, like, it feels like a sunnier show. Like, they yes. just have more daytime scenes.
1: and even the They have more daytime scenes, but they also, I actually feel like season four has, like, a oh, and, it, and I always say season four and six reflect each other like this. It has like a jokey quality to it that three and five and seven, which are supposed to be like epic and tell this big story. They don't always have the most amount of room for humor. In fact, in seven, yeah. every time there is humor, Giles is like, why are y'all laughing? We're all going to die. Right. But like Season four and six, they really give you breathing room for like laughter, like that whole willow monologue about knowledge being spurt into her and stuff like that and like just even though this episode is modeling there's is, there is just a, a lot of like humor in season four and you kind of see that starting in the first two episodes
2: because it's a low stakes season um it ends up like being more of like i mean like literally the finale of season four is not is like the one time they don't do a big bat like they do the big bat in the penultimate episode.
1: Well, and I, I mean, I'm sure our listeners can take a tally of how many times I say this throughout season four. I'll already cop to it (laughs) that I, this is what I think. But like, I think that season four is like a collection, is like a short story collection as opposed to like the other ones, which are novels. Like, I don't think think season four would work if you read it as a novel, but if you read it like a Winesburg, Ohio, like collection of, or Olive Kitteridge, like collection of short stories that are all with the same characters, they kind of work. On that level, it works on that level, and it's not really interested in building like a big story. Yeah. Major smarty points for that. Yes, <laughs> agreed.
0: Are you wow? Are you a journalist, Matthew?
1: <laughs> I was an English major. Damn it.
0: Uh, so was I.
1: <laughs> oh, also, wait, a wait. Drag wait. A weird, weird aside. <laughs> weird aside. They always like in the very beginning, Buffy chides Willow for knowing, like, what her major is, but they never in the show say what Willow's major is, and none of her classes lean towards, like, one specific thing. Like, in my oh my head, god, you I would notice maybe that, she's Matthew. A, <laughs> I think maybe she's a philosophy major, but I'm not sure. Huh.
2: She has this Hermione-esque feeling of, like, yeah. they're just like, I don't know, she's taking every class.
0: Yeah, she's smart, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. Mm. Um, I also... So... And this, I mean, this goes with this episode as well, but more so even in the next episode. Why the fuck didn't they room together?
1: I think it was like a freshman That's housing what? lottery thing where they just, like, weren't put together.
0: But then how were they, they allowed to move in together?
2: You guys, they didn't room together because they wanted to have an episode where she didn't have a. <laughs> <don't> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they room together, then that illusion would be destroyed, and there was, you know, and they'd have to jump right into the Goofy roommate <laughs> episode. Uh,
1: so, um, <laughs> there a, lo- a lot of time passes in the beginning. There's actually like inordinate an, an amount of time where it's just Buffy, like being un- at e ill at ease with college.
0: Yes, there's a little but, too um, much time spent with that. I think
1: there's a little too much time some of that, but I do want to get to probably. What's already 20 minutes in is when she meets Sunday for the first time. Sunday. Wait, no, we should oh. talk
0: about first. Sort of. Matthew, you missed what? your boy's introduction.
1: Oh, I actually didn't. I have a note. Okay. <laughs> Wait, um, is Riley your boy? I have a note. Riley's my not my boy. Let me just clarify. Uh. That I, <laughs> <laughs> Adam, Adam, Adam. I'm just, I, that's Ian Ooh. Let me believe. Let me, here, my, my answer to who is <laughs> Buffy's, like, OTP uh, is that who Buffy's OTP is doesn't matter to the show. You shouldn't be thinking about that. But I, on principle, don't think that Angel, like, I don't think you should be with your high school sweetheart. And I also don't think that you should be with someone who assaults you. So Riley is the default OTP.
2: Yes. It feels like I would say my answer would be I feel like she ends up with Riley after like fifteen years apart, and like they cycle back around, and he's divorced from that one lady, and then and then that sort of thing. That feels I that always, feels like a thing we that would always
1: happen. think is that Amanda Pete or no? Right? You no, know, it is she, Amanda Pete esque.
2: Wait, um, who? I always or? think it's Amanda Pete. She's god she's in fucking every I think she's in Casino Royale actually which I just Wait wait um, what are we talking about This is uh, Riley Riley's Riley's season, season 6 wife Fiancé
0: Oh Let me I'll, I'll do the watcher thing I do This is
1: my favorite thing to do during
2: the show It's, is it's the it's the, the, it's the, the Anne it's like her <laughs>
1: Oops, yeah. Her um, so I mean Buffy meeting Riley is cute I but also we everyone peeped the line where she talks about paying for her books and she says that her mom's gonna have a funny aneurysm. And I was like, ooh, that's not That is a spooky line. It's very <laughs> spooky. It's very
0: Oh my god. That line. that actress was in Casino Royale, Adam. Ivana Miliczevic
2: <laughs> and
1: Don't Vanilla Sky.
0: Me.
2: Don't ever question me. <laughs> um yeah, she is in Casino Royale. She is like she's mad Mickelson's like
1: Hmm.
2: woman with no but she, lines but she looks she's got a wig and she's yeah
1: she's in a lot of things. crazy and everything but i love how they like cast like when she meets riley like willow's the cool sociable yes. one and like buffy can't get out the sentence
0: that i mean that they're
1: like doing a little
0: bit they're doing a little too much with the buffy fish out of water because it doesn't feel like one like riley is handsome he's like generically handsome whatever But it doesn't feel like he would be someone that would be so stunning to Buffy that she would be, like, tongue-tied?
2: Here's the thing. Um, Now, this is going to lead me into my why Riley is good pitch. Um, Mm -hmm. He serves a very, very, very important function in the canon of Buffy. Yes, I agree. And that is, he is the antidote that leeches the poison of Angel out of her, that allows her to become man independent like through him like he eventually sucks but yeah. like he's so uncomplicated and yes. like nothing um even though he ends up becoming part of the initiative and than the army shit and the whole thing like <laughs> compared to the angel thing it's just so there's just so he's never murdered one it. of her friends <laughs> right yeah he never <laughs> puts her in this fucking situations um and she just like again it, I think he's very vital to be like he's a he's a rebound. Um yes. and he has the rebound qualities that you want in a rebound person, which is just like he's he's there, he's sturdy, he's you know, he's handsome, he's whatever. You know, again, like again, um it's it's um he, he just he's that type of person where I get it because when you leave such a, case, cause that's, an, that's another part to her wandering is that she's dealing with the end of her relationship with angel. And when it ended in season two with her killing him, that was a, in a way a cleaner break for her because she mm-hmm. just knew, well, I would be with him, but I yeah. killed him and he's in the hell that's dimension. It, yeah. of that. Now she has to deal with the more adult thing of just like, it just didn't work. He doesn't really want to be with me. Um, and then she has to kind of deal with that. That's like the adult thing. And then with the end of so much chaos, having someone who's just absolute anti-chaos um, come into her life, I don't think she she couldn't have jumped to a spike or any other type of crazy boyfriend at that point.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, Adam, I think we might have talked about this before because that's how I feel about Riley. I don't hate him as much as everyone else does. I don't love him the way Matthew... I don't like him as much as Matthew does, but I feel... That he completely served the purpose of rebound, and everyone needs the like boring boyfriend that kind of has no personality. That like is a lot more calm than their previous one. And Riley never murders anyone. And Spike and Angel both have murdered a lot of people, including people she knew. So, yeah. at the, at at the best, he never did that.
2: <laughs> listen, I mean, shout out to the boring boyfriends out there yeah. because uh, listen, it's there's way some some people throw that boring word around there, and I say people, I mean Ian. <laughs> People throw sort of that boring weren't out there. And um, there are some benefits to boring. I yeah. put boring in quotes because just not being a big tornado of nuts yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you're boring. I think coming off of Angel, it seems like that. And because it's a TV show, it seems like that. But if we pretend that Buffy is our real friend, which we all do, um, <laughs> in real life, that kind of seems like, oh, nice. He does have a little he's, – he's, I find him a little interesting.
1: And I mean, it always seemed like Riley was laying it down good. So
2: that's the thing. Well, there's a whole episode devoted to how much she kind of like, goes in on that, and then how much she's insatiable. She is.
0: I mean, good for yeah, good for her. I mean, you know, he's a, a broad man, ditching her down good. So good for her. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. wow. This is a family podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: how. <laughs> Dare. I was about. I was literally about to say "dicking down," and then I was like,
1: "Don't say that. You'll sound like I'm trash." Person. No, I am the trash person. We yeah. as a podcast embraced "dicking down" as a I, phrase. I
0: just told yeah. you while well, I put on deodorant because I smelled bad.
1: <laughs> that seems to be the dynamic of the show. Is Matthew's is like here
2: is this very. Um, insightful point, and then Ian's like, "Oh, hold on, I couldn't hear you. I was spraying deodorant." On. <laughs> no, it's,
0: it's Matthew is like a professor with an actual pipe that's like smoking high class <laughs> tobacco, and I'm like dressed as a hot topic vampire with a pipe that blows bubbles.
2: And <laughs> your opinion is no. Less- and then you, and then you
1: cry. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as
1: awareness is key. But um let's now talk about meeting Sunday because Sunday is badass. Oh my god, I love her.
2: I Sunday is like a proto glory.
0: Yes. Oh, that's what I put in my notes that she was clearly lots of times on the show and we've pointed it out in the podcast before. There's like something that's very clearly a predecessor to the better version of it. And while right. I don't know that Glory's even a better version of her, it's just a version we get for the whole season which I think Sunday and Kathy both were like dynamic enough that it would have been great if they were, like, side reoccurring season four characters?
1: I, so, right. we, we were talking about this before, and I'd love to hear our, our executive producer's ideas on this. <laughs> I think mm. I would have been so much more interested in, like, a front half of the season where, like, Buffy is just trying to, you know, like, defeat this big vampire on, on campus called Sunday, right? Where, like, right. if at the very end she didn't actually defeat Sunday, like... They were thinking about the story of the episode, and that's why Sunday has to go. But if they had just been thinking about, like, a little three or four episode arc about Buffy, like, being unable to defeat this reoccurring vamp named Sunday, like, I think it would have been really interesting. And,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, like, the only the only negative I have on Sunday is her hair. What is going on? Oh, I love that hair. It's, Are you kidding me? It's Of like, course, but you would love that hair. Yeah. That's just a you hairdo, and we're just going to leave it at that. Sunday's hair
2: is like... that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday's hair reminds me of that um, Ivanka Trump Thanksgiving table centerpiece. <laughs> rude! Very rude. Um, just like, whoop, garbage. Um, but, uh, no, I love Sunday, and I kind of agree with that. With that, like, honestly... It's very important to have a a like a a dummy plot. Yeah. Before your because they build the initiative so slowly and it builds so slowly. It, like you don't even get to it until like episode eight, really. Yeah. Like, well, we episode really eight the initiative, to it. and
1: then yes. or episode seven or eight the initiative. But remi- reminder to everyone that we do not meet Adam until episode twelve or thirteen, which That's is crazy. It, See, when eights. he does. The I and team and goodbye Iowa that's oh, the right. episode where we actually meet Adam so like I think that one of the reasons that people really dislike season four is because they don't spend enough time with Adam the way that we spend so much time with the mayor but that's just because right. Adam I have a lot of interiority so I, I would have felt much better if they had had Sunday for a while as like the yeah. um the red herring, if you will. And even if also, it's
0: fine, she kills her after four episodes, but at least give us
1: something, you There know? need to
2: be some, like, propulsion, because right now, like, the first half of the season is all this. Um, it's a lot, like you said, the short story is really good because it's, it's like, it goes into these, all these episodes are very self-contained. Even the Spike one, it's it's very much he comes back and it's about how, like... Ineffectual he is now.
1: Yeah. Um, Are you talking about harsh light a day?
2: Harsh light a day. Yeah. And um, then you get the you know beer bad and you know and pain. You get these like very fun things that in like a season two or three would have been kind of stratted better throughout.
1: Um, well, it just feels like so many one offs. Yeah. I mean, even though we will say like Buffy doesn't have a pure that uh, many pure one offs, but like it just feels like so many one offs before you even get to like the meat. I mean Hush and Something Blue are episodes 9 and 10 and we still don't have a big bad by then. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. That's <laughs> madness. That's very season 1.
0: Adam, we were just honestly. the Bronze Beats ladies. We just became the Final <laughs> Form
2: <laughs> exactly the same time. That's nuts, it's crazy. That's about, time.
1: It's about terrible, terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. It's
2: so dumb. <laughs> it's
1: so dumb. Please. So <laughs> after Buffy meets Sunday, she like gets you mean she gets spooked and, like, she also goes to meet... She meets Olivia. We meet Olivia for the first time in this yes. episode.
0: The, mm-hmm. My notes are, are, like, that's such a. I, I would really wonder what the hell they were doing with her because it's such a weird... That feels like a big deal, and it is a big deal for Buffy to see him, and Buffy is kind of a dick about it.
1: Buffy's so rude about but Olivia. like,
0: it's really weird that Olivia's just there and is in two more episodes, and then we never hear from her or see her again.
1: Like, low key, if I, if anyone caught me with someone and, and like, was like that, I'd be like, Are you racist? Is it because Olivia's black? <laughs> that, that's really the, weird. Because
2: like, honestly, it's the unfortunate side effect of having so few
1: like, yeah. minorities
2: in the show up to this point that, like, we get like a prominent black woman and all of a sudden Buffy is the most hostile she's ever yeah. been in life. like she's got all these microaggressions of like calm down
0: please. and it's like why are, why are you doing this like... stop it
2: you're embarrassing me I'm very tense stop it <laughs> it's a tense watch the
1: even when she says it. you're not supposed to have a love life because you're old and it's gross like the way that she says that line is just so weird
0: Um, I saved that I made gifts of those because that's how I feel <laughs> as like mm. as like one of the oldest single men on twitter I'm like, all oh, you kids and your sex lives, and I'm putting on deodorant because I smell bad like
2: <laughs> that's you that's you you crowned yourself that no one else crowned you that's not that's not the case <laughs> well anyway. plenty of older men plenty of older single
0: men. <laughs> um but yeah i I actually the back and forth is unfortunate, but it is kind of funny, and they're both kind of assholes to each other, and it's one of the first times that they're assholes to each other like that in that way like when she first meets him, she's weird with him, but like
2: mm.
0: once they hit the mother the father daughter relationship, usually they're pretty supportive and loving, and this is the first time which does carry throughout the rest of the season, where Giles is kind of like, "I don't need to help you
2: I mean honestly, this scene like, I was about to say, the wounds from this scene never <laughs> heal for yeah, the rest of the show. Right? Like, it kind of carries They're never, forever. like, the whole, I mean, like, all of season 4, 5, 6, seven, like, there's it, the, the Watcher, it, I mean, yeah, it's the college, you know, relationship and all that, but I mean, like, there is that bad vibes thing
1: that never really gets addressed and kind of just keeps... Well, that's such an interesting way to put it, Adam, because, like, I the way you say, like, the wounds from that one scene. We don't really understand how monumental this, like, one kind of scene in Freshman is because you have, in season four, at the end, she, I think, is at the end of episode one or another one, like, Giles is going to leave, right? And he's, like, Mm -hmm. saying to Willow that he's going to leave and Willow has to pretend uh, like she doesn't know and, and then he only stays because Buffy is like I need you to help I need you to train me again and then he does leave in 6 and stuff like that so it is like
0: yeah it's, it's at the end of Buffy's yeah. Dracula that, that this
1: happens. is like setting the scene for what will be like their relationship in the future like how much do we actually need each other and that question kind of gets answered in season 7 where she's like I don't need you anymore because she he does that whole vengeance thing with uh, Spike and, and uh, Professor yep. Wood I mean, Principal would Right. Um, he, to your point, um,
2: this is very much, it's a very relatable scene as, to revisit as one gets older. Yes. Because, um, you know, you'll have fights with your friends or, you know, wh- however, whatever role they serve in your life. You'll have, you'll have fights with friends, you know, I have fights with friends, and then you get over it a lot of times. But every once in a while, you'll have that friendship that'll have that moment that you just never see, like a a moment of just, what are you doing right now? Awkwardness that you never seem to really get your footing back from again. And it kind of is the beginning of the end. And it's usually out of your control, but you have this moment where it's like, oh, shit, it was never really right after that weird. You know, they kind of came back to me. where you. It's kind of, for me, I'll usually have that moment when, um, someone will kind of it will be revealed to me what role I'm probably serving in this person's life. And it's usually not friend. It's usually some sort of I'm providing some sort of emotional service. Um, and this, and there, there's there'll be like a moment where I stop serving or that kind of is, gets interrupted. Um, and And then that awareness of that, you know, sometimes can start to, Change things. And I really felt that with the Giles thing. I think I think he gets a big hit of, wow, I'm useless to this girl if I'm not training her doing this very specific thing to her. Like I'm shit on a shoe
1: to her. If I'm not doing that,
0: one now I'm like, oh god, am I doing that with you both of you?
1: This and... is what and goodbye. Yes. <laughs> Two. What we're saying is this: this episode of this podcast is the beginning of the end for <laughs> <laughs> the show. Never
2: recovers <laughs> from this um, Debbie Downer moment I just introduced. To, but, but like, I think like, that's the the well, adult so, baggage. Yeah, I think, season starts to per- introduce.
0: I think that the thing is, is that. Buffy doesn't think of him as a friend. She thinks of him as a father. And I think that's, like... So that's that's the only reason why I get why she's so kind of a dick about it. Because she does think of him as her parent. And before this... Like, in season four is when he starts to not operate as a... Season four is when he tries to operate more as a friend, not as a father. I mean, mm-hmm. that gets a little muddled. And especially in season six, he gives him a check and then leaves. and eh, But... I feel like he's trying to be like, hey, we're just friends. Like, I don't even... Like, I was like, I was your babysitter. I was paid by the Watcher's Council. They fired me. And we're cool. Like, just be cool, man. <laughs>
2: like... I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he's... Because here's the... Th- like, she's going through this big change. And then he's going through a midlife crisis. I think it just is like a... It's the bad timing of, like, wow, they both went through these tumultuous things at the, at the same and It just it starts to... Yeah. I mean, they do start to get not pulled apart because they're all, you know, it's like there is, there remains a closeness. Um, But this really makes the Once More With Feeling song Standing Still um,
1: really hit.
0: Yeah. And like, is it almost. (laughs) Sorry,
1: for some reason, when you said the song Standing Still, I thought about Jules' song Standing Still. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. Classic. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. No,
0: I mean,. It also almost feels unfair for Giles to be like, oh, well, why can't you do this on your own? When, like, he literally helped her every step of the way. before. Like, it feels weird for him suddenly to be like, yeah, I got this girl over, what are you doing? Like,
1: <laughs> Well, I actually wrote in my notes that I feel like, even though Buffy's being a dick, like, Giles isn't helping the situation. Yes. They're both kind of coming at it yeah, from a really yeah. bad angle. Like, Giles is being super uncaring. Like, he should if you know anyone who's ever gone away to college, even if you don't, like, she's obviously coming to him because she's very lonely. Like, why is this 18-year-old girl coming to see her high school librarian when she should be out, like, at college meeting people?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And it's like, he should be able to read that she's lonely and he can somehow comfort her, but he's being very callous. Yeah, and he and knows her really well,
0: so he should be. They're able both to... kind
1: of escalating the situation in a really negative way. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But like, I mean, if it... he's going to be a dad, he should be a dad. Like he's the yes. grown up. He needs to dad up. Be like, oh, my
0: daughter said a shitty thing, should... but let me keep going because like, she needs my help. His,
2: yeah, yeah. Put his hurt feelings aside, and he and he knows what she needs.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Because he because he comes racing in at the end of the yeah. episode with <laughs> box weapons, which is a beautiful moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so.
1: Go ahead, go ahead.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, um, I wanted to talk about how Joss does Mean Girls really well. Like, it almost feels like, I mean, on, like, his stuff that he writes, I feel like he does the Cordelia, you know, we get Sunday, we get, you know, in the next episode, Willow calls Buffy Cordelia-esque, um, and she makes fun of Glory when, I think she says that Glory's like Cordelia with a perm or something, um... And, you know, in, like, his astonishing his astonishing X-Men run, his Emma Frost was fucking fantastic. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I think there's, like, it's weird that he writes that specific type of, like, Mean Girl really well.
1: I don't know. Well, it's almost like how the only good thing about watching a Ryan Murphy show is watching women, like, insult people. That's <laughs> like, true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but,
0: but Joss um, has more notes than just that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Joss has more notes than that. But when you say that, like, I think of yeah. Ryan Murphy and how, like, he just, like, right, like, I just, the only thing in Glee that really had life to me was, like, Sue Sylvester monologues, where she was insulted. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Basically.
0: Because
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted it's to say kind that. Of where their Aaron Sorkin starts to show, where it's like, oh, this is what you want to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, I wanted to point out, the pink jacket that Sunday makes fun of Buffy for wearing is pretty rough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um it's not that bad and also Sunday is not allowed to make any comments with her hair. I'm yeah, but sorry. She's like, like I
0: feel like she's very of the time
1: 90s alt rock girl. Um that's your opinion. Like she looks like
0: she could be in the craft.
1: <laughs> no, oh totally. Um she she could have she yeah, no, she could be. Um she could be like an alternate Nancy. Yeah. Like Don't, But Sunday though.
2: like like legit looks like she smells. <laughs> 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 um,
1: that's, that's a note that's that's
0: no. no. also I hey, wanted to point out when then, Buffy does go home and she answers the call that's Angel calling in the first episode of Angel I don't remember the context but he calls the house and hangs up which he does again in the fourth season no. when he becomes in jealous and he, he finds out there's a slayer in town he calls Buffy's house and Dawn answers and he says hey Donnie is Buffy home and she goes yeah and he hangs up and then he goes, oh, it's the other one, to find out that it's Faith instead of Buffy.
1: Oh, interesting. Uh, which is like
0: a weird thing they do that twice on the show he calls and hangs up.
1: So do you remember um, seeing Buffy and Sunday fight for the first time and what it was like to see Buffy get her ass kicked and run away? Oh, would Yeah. Like, it was one of the first times that I think the show really looked at, like, Buffy losing in that way and it wasn't supernaturally, like, it wasn't, like, in Helpless where there was that or yeah. or anything, like, or when she get, you know, it was the first time that it was, like, oh, she's just, like, le- legitimately getting her ass kicked by this run-of-the-mill, like, one-episode vampire.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's almost hard to buy it going back now because even if Sunday, like, we're all saying that Sunday would have worked as a reoccurring character, but we all know she wouldn't have worked as, like, a season-long big bad because that wouldn't have seemed to put Buffy in enough peril, even though in this episode she literally runs away. It almost feels, like, hard to buy... Like, I remember the first time I watched this episode being really upset. Like, being like, oh, fuck Sunday, how dare she do this?
2: But... I buy it because... Buffy, the show, has (laughs) always made a very clear link between her fighter skills and strength and her emotions. And her emotions. When she is vulnerable the defenses are down and she has less access to this like as she trains as the seasons go on that that happens less and less but this is totally sunday
1: catching her in a moment well Um, i want to explore that more too because that's such a good point because like she fights with kendra and she says that like her emotions give her power and the yeah. inverse has to be true, right? If she, I mean, this whole episode is about her retreating from college because she can't handle it. And then she has a fight with what should be a run on the mill vampire where she retreats because she can't handle it. Exactly. And then later on in season five, I think it is, she asks, like, is being the Slayer making me less human, right? Like, she says that to Giles at one point. Like, she wants to know if being the Slayer means that she can't also be, like, a loving human being. And that's... Mm. Whole thing about her not really showing Riley how much she loves him and all this stuff, and then it happens again in season seven when she gets offered all that power by the men, but then she's kind of like it's going to make her less human. Well, her Um,
2: emotions are supernatural, and I think that starts to really display itself in season five's "The Weight of the World," where literally it just her emotions imprison her. Oh my Um,
1: god!
2: And I know it's (laughs) a hard. But, no, but, like, that is exactly all those moments you said. And then, like, every time she has to, like, kind of face the evil or, you know, anytime she's caught off guard, like, when Glory finds out that Dawn is the key, da da da, da like, all that's kind of stuff. Any time where she's completely caught off guard, she has to rely more on luck and friends and just escaping by the skin of her teeth. Um, and every time she just kind of focuses, collects herself, doesn't get distracted by things, that's when she really kind of annihilates whatever's going on. God,
0: Adam, I feel like you're reading me as well. And I'm like, God, this is like me. (laughs) That was <laughs> telling me about myself right now.
2: Live your life. Focus <laughs> those emotions. Um, if only I could go inside you, like Willow, with the with the weight of the world.
1: Like wow, that. this is and not free really... from that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah.
2: If only I could.
0: If only. I could. Only. If only you were a witch.
1: Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say something about the spurting of knowledge. Spurting. <laughs> I. I almost. Oh, that would have been a good. Oh. Yeah. So,
0: can we talk about? Xander's speech to Buffy which is like half great and then half fucking terrible. I
1: don't want to tell. Oh, well, really quick before we cuz I want cuz the second beat of Buffy's like thing of going to see everyone is going to see Joyce and I just really want to say that like I don't know how Joyce got all those crates in her bedroom cuz it's literally been like 2 hours since <laughs> Buffy moved out. <to> <laughs> like it was the it's like the next day and she's feeling model in AF and like already Joyce has moved in five packing crates worth of which are which I'm sure are full of like demonic masks into her bedroom. <laughs> also, it right. begs
0: the question. When I watched it this time, I thought, why the fuck didn't she just put them in Dawn's room? Because there is an extra room because there has to be, right?
1: Maybe the monks also changed the architecture of of Buffy's house.
0: (laughs) Like, in my head, I was like, but they have an extra bedroom that Dawn isn't using until next season. So, like, why the fuck didn't Joyce put them in there? But, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, and also seems like, I mean, as as we say often on this podcast, like, we want to side with Joyce. But sometimes she's, like, kind of shitty to Buffy. (laughs)
1: And this I understand thing about like I mean it, it it happened in my own home too like my room was repurposed but then like have a different room now but like it is really shitty and like it is it's only been like twenty four yeah. hours and
0: off. she puts them on her bed like those are dirty ass crates like at least just pile them next to each like, other like she could
1: have stacked them in one corner yeah <laughs>
2: it took my mom quite a long time before she started like. Like dismantling my whole life.
1: Um, but yeah, I, like, she was like, "Bye, Buffy," and then like yeah. was like, "Oh, hey, Carl, bring those crates yeah. right into the room to the left. Like, oh, put them on her
0: bed. No big deal."
1: Yeah, like I don't care. I don't have a daughter. <laughs> Whatever. He's so, Xander's speech. I just want to say because I know this is a place where we are open to talk about hating Xander. I think this is, like, one of Xander's finest moments in the show.
2: Yeah, broken
1: clock is right twice a day. Yeah, I think, I just love, like, the way that, I mean, we've talked about this, like, they don't really know what to do with Xander in season three, and we talked about that in our season three recap. I Like, we felt like he was kind of, like, not fulfilling any kind of role but I think in season four they're gonna start exploring him more with like him not going to college and him talking about I mean he brings up his class issues and how he has to pay rent to live in his mom's basement and all that stuff and he like right away they really reestablish this character as almost it almost feels like a new Xander to me because they have to give you the like pilot expo- exposition of everything that is his life now but they're also moving him into the role of the heart that he's going to like play throughout right. the rest of the series yes
2: yeah i feel like they definitely in this episode are are starting to like lay the tracks for the xander comes from white trash kind of yeah. stuff like and it just seems like like, I can't remember
1: them ever really even implying, or... They know. did it a lot in 3, where they would talk about, like, how yeah. he has to sleep outside because his whole family gets too drunk at the holidays and stuff. I like mean, that it's... is 3, okay. Yeah. Cordelia,
0: and Cordelia makes fun of him. I forget what the line is, but isn't it an earshot when she, like, comes up to him and says something really terrible about it?
1: Yeah, she, I forget what it is, too, but you're right. It's an earshot where she, like, makes fun of, like, how, of just, like, his... Financial situation. It's like too. one of her
0: harsher, where it's not just like, oh, funny me. It's like, Ugh.
1: yeah, because it get we talked about on the podcast how it gives away the fact that like her and yeah. Xander spoke very intimately about his family situation and she knows what's going on with him. So to also know that like it's in the place. I mean, like you know, having to pay rent and stuff and like and and everything. It's um. I mean, a lot of p- parents charge their kids rent after college. Like it's not that unheard of, but, like, it's, like, just right away, and you can kind of tell that it's more like they need money from him, and he has to become the working guy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Mm.
0: Well, and, like, okay, so I actually do like some of Xander's speeches. You know, the yellow crayon moment makes me cry all the time. Um, And I do think Xander... uh, I, I mean, going back now, I have to say, I never thought Xander was as much of a problem as I did when I've started watching it recently. Um, And I think his speech to her is cute. And, you know, him saying, what would Buffy do? I totally, like, gift that scene. And, like, him saying that she's his hero. And I'm like, oh, this is me and Matthew talking about Buffy. Like, us being depressed and then being like, what would Buffy do about this? Like, yes, I relate to that. But then immediately after, he says, sometimes when I'm in the dark and, like... think about what buffy's doing alone and i'm like
1: oh yeah but i also think i mean i think it's i think that is super weird for a in that relationship like they're both 18 year old and 18 years old and they're of i mean they're both heterosexual so they're opposite gender and like they're they can have that attraction to each other whatever but i also feel like i don't know i i guess I'm not defending it but I and it's different for me cuz I'm 28 and all of my friends are like in their tw- 20s and 30s and stuff but like I feel like I talk to my friends that in that way too sometimes like make jokes about being attracted to them or right. or right. It's not mean, jokes and it's real but like, <laughs> is... I guess it's not it is weird cuz they're 18 but like it's also kind of like to me a really authentic moment where he it's just being, like, we all know I'm a tractor team and it's not going to happen, but, like, it's cool to just talk about it, which I, I don't know, it's something about it to no, me I, always, as someone who, like, makes, for me, like, makes fun of myself or like, not being cute enough to, like, be with half the guys that I want to be with, I don't know, it's, like, it's just, a, like, a very confessional moment from Xander being, like, remember, I stole this thing for you, but, like, we we all know it's not going to happen. I mean, no, I mean I, if, there was, if there was two guys, this scene totally would have, like, been cute and worked. Yeah, um, um, we, like blew
2: each other in the bathroom of the bombs after. <laughs> <laughs> and in case, and it would not need it. Like to let's uh, let's ever. go
1: fight the evil. But first, I have this problem yeah. that we need to
2: take care of. A quick couple DM slides and um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I do know what you're saying, Matthew. And like, you know, I actually did think about this when I watched the scene because I rewound it because I was gifting it. So I was like rewound it and ended up watching it like four times. Um, and I get that like. There are, like, sometimes you can say things that, like, I mean, I, I've talked about this with a couple of friends, how, like, sometimes, as a gay man, I don't mind if straight <laughs> friends say things to me, but, like, don't say that in public, because then it sounds different. Like, you know what I mean? Like,
2: mm, yeah
0: so I I'm, I was trying to, like, think of it that way, because, like, if Buffy's okay with him saying this, and she is, she just, like, makes, like, a, oh, don't ever say that again, but she's not, like, pissed. Like, clearly, their boundaries are that, like, he can, like, get away with that, I guess, because she's not, I mean, like, mad. But it still doesn't read great. But also, like, I'm not, as much as I like to think I am, I'm not part of their friend group.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, it's hard to say, because, I mean, I was I was just having a conversation with my friend about this. Um, like, my, my, my old friend from college, um, and she, and, you know, we catch up every week. Um, but, and I was, we were talking about all the different, you know, sexual harassment scandals yeah. that are happening. This all the new ones from this week, mm, yeah. and um, you know, and she was saying that all of this was, you know, for you know, she's she was noticing that for a lot of guys, like for her husband and for you know her friends, these woke guys, you know, that it's very like, you know, you can kind of be aware that this was going on, be you know, it's it's seeing it all kind of unveiled yeah. like this all at once is very overwhelming. Um, and she's like, but it's also overwhelming a little bit for you know she's found for women too, like herself, um, by saying she didn't realize, like now, like looking back, she's seeing like in high school and college how much she tried to like do like girl who can hang type stuff and be like, oh ha ha. ha and like yeah. make excuses for those things. Like I almost like when you said that, like oh Buffy didn't seem to be bothered by it, I'm like, maybe she was super bothered by it and has been conditioned to be like, oh sure, ha, yeah. ha yeah. That's um, a good one, huh? But, um, and again, this is, again, just, uh, you know, no, the totally waters fair. of the straits versus
0: yeah
1: in the queer community. Well, yeah, no, there's we, there's I can never there. pretend to understand straight culture. And <laughs> it's a little, poor, poor bastard. I feel like um, I'm
0: the most in touch with straight culture only because I'm, I'm like the opposite of, I'm like a problematic person who brings all the straight people to gay bars, or at least used to be. And <laughs> mm-hmm. like all the boys I lived with were straight.
2: Yeah, yeah, you do have that energy where you're like, <laughs> I have all these, like, straight guy friends,
1: um, but... I just want to say that Buffy's joke to Xander about the Renaissance and reconnaissance is one of my favorite Buffy jokes of all time. <laughs> the rec- <laughs> Yeah, where he's like, we have to do some yes. reconnaissance, and she's yeah. like, you mean where we all paint and sculpt and stuff? <laughs> and Xander goes, no, that was the Renaissance?
0: I, I do like when they still throw in those moments, because, like, that is true to Buffy, like, she is kind of ditzy, that's why I relate to her. So I feel like she's smart, but ditzy, and that's how I feel like I am. I'm, like, kind of smart, but I'm also ditzy.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, hello. Like, I'm in my 30s, and I'm still, like, I would... There are moments like that I have where I'm just yeah. like, oh, <laughs> wait, you mean I've been fucking saying this wrong for 34 <laughs> years? Oh, my God.
0: I feel like you I still find know. that I'm, like, spelling words wrong and have been my entire
2: life. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, nothing's worse than... I've I've just stopped correcting people on the the wrong usage of penultimate, Oof. because when because I just keep hearing it for some reason this Oof. week especially I've heard a lot of wrong usage of penultimate, <laughs> and I'm Does just it like you no know, <laughs> ultimate doesn't mean that it's the extra ultimate it, it it's <laughs> come the second to last <laughs> anyway anyway are you kidding when we had
0: Anthony Oliveira on and him and Matthew are like yapping at each other with their you know, five dollar words, I'm like quickly googling them to be like, mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Taylor's> lemon. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely yeah, I'm I'm really Yeah. This is this is so okay. So okay for me. I'm glad I'm not on with the with yeah. the uh, <laughs> <laughs> use a safe space for you with Adam. the professors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um so I also I really love I mean to play off the fact that she has a ditzy moment. I really appreciate whenever Buffy is bumbling and her falling through the glass for me oh, like makes me cackle laugh like oh, it's a such a good, good stupid yeah. moment because she's I like, know. I'm gonna get her and it's gonna be on my own turn and then falls immediately through the glass and is like, no shit.
1: <laughs> I just love that moment because like you can see how much two thousand special effects is working to make it seem like she falls through that glass <laughs>
0: <'Cause there's, laughs> I know I went I went to Gif it and then I was like. God, there are, like, ten cutaways as soon as she falls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I love I love that moment. I think it's really funny. Um, and then I also love her kicking the shit out of Sunday. Like, it just feels nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's a reason why that, like, that steak, like, right? gunslinger move she does is in every shot of reopening credits like since then that's what the i told matt
1: I, I just need to say that the steak gunslinger moment makes no sense in the physical world to me <laughs> it's like how does that happen
0: i there's a lot of times when they slay vampires when like it's like that would work would that work mm.
1: i just don't see how it's spinning in her hand in such a vigorous way like it I want to like ask like, how they achieved
2: that shot, like because again, it's like they that had to have been a practical effect. So, but also, yeah. I
1: also want to ask the writer of that particular episode, like, is there a moment in the script where it says like Buffy spins the stake in her hand, like it's the <laughs> end of a cool cartoon, and like, <laughs> like, like I don't know, it's just she like spins it like a yo yo in her hand. She spins it the way that like Shaggy and Scooby's legs spin when they're not running. <laughs>
0: I mean, I love it. I think that's, like, such a good moment. Um, and I just... Her... Especially her... Her banter is very superhero Spider-Man-y in this whole scene. And yeah. I love it. I love her being like... I mean, to answer that with a headbutt and Headbutting Sunday.
1: Yeah. And then being that's like... That's one of my favorite lines.
0: I think that's so good. And her being like, It's hurt, not broken. And then punching Sunday across the room. And I'm like, Yeah! Fuck you, Sunday! <laughs>
1: But also, we want more of you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, also, we want more of you. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, that's the thing.
2: Like, it would have been great if she had just, like, hit the road and then come back. Yeah. But, no, it's definitely a, as someone who is a very, very private person, I really felt the line where she was like, that's for touching my stuff. I'm like, yes, Yes, do not touch the stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Adam, we feel the same way about our things, so
2: yeah. (laughs) I'm like, don't touch my shit. And certainly do not touch. My, my class protector award that everybody gave me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like,
1: no.
2: I can remember the first I was, like, seven... the fucking week I had. Yeah. you pick my umbrella. <laughs> I'm just having a really hard time, and you didn't need to break that. <laughs> That's the thing. If they had like smartphones back then, Buffy would have been like, she would have double clicked the caps button and like just. <laughs> Texted every person she knew and just texting
1: like, Willow and Oz like they broke the class protector umbrella and like Willow texting back the emoji with like the whip, the woman with her hands crossed like <laughs> no. Oz would have just like been like sad or
2: like brown face just been like after, after like. Three hours of not responding. <laughs> and then just have been like, uh.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, Buffy. <laughs> or, or just
2: the AW. AW <laughs> <laughs> like.
0: Um. So then the episode ends with the with Giles coming in. They're all moving the stuff out. And then we see the initiative. Um.
1: Yeah. Get that Womp vamp up. that escaped.
0: Womp. And I almost would have yeah, I I just wish that could have been Sunday they captured instead. Um, because is he the yeah. same vamp? that then helps Spike escape, because I think he is, but maybe not.
1: He figures Whoa. back in. I forget how he figures in, but he does figure.
0: Um, like, I don't think he, like, does anything, but I think he's, like, there. I think we see him. Um, actually, I'm going to do my thing and look it up and make sure, because I... But
1: also, I do want to say, and and Adam, I'm sure would agree, that, like, the ending teaser with the initiative is also feels very piloty, right? Like, if this were a brand new show and they wanted you to keep watching, they'd yeah. be like, oh, but there's also this mysterious, like, guy who caught a vampire. <laughs> Fine, you won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go in the corner and talk to myself, obviously. No. I'll just fuck off.
2: <laughs> I'm trying not to interrupt as much, I feel like. I was,
1: was done, <laughs> I was waiting for someone to <laughs> affirm what I said, but obviously I'm dumb. I I'll, just re- watch, I'll just go watch reruns of Rugrats because I can understand that maybe.
0: All right, everyone relax. I'm trying to look up to see if this guy's in the next episode. In the episode <laughs> where jo- where where Joyce where Spike escapes, I don't think he. I think I might have been wrong. I don't think he is. I don't Ooh. even remember
1: which guy he would be. Whatever. Um, I feel like he's the one who, when Spike ends up in the initiative and he talks to his, like the person in the cell over, I think that's him. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm talking. That's who helps him escape. And like Spike pushes him into the crowd of initiative shoulders, and that's a... Okay, you're shoulders. screaming at me. Though. And
1: I'm <laughs> always screaming. Stop, Stop attacking. <laughs> you're, you're attacking. I feel very attacked, honestly. Uh, I just exhausting. came here to have a good time, and I just <laughs> feel really attacked. Oh my god! Okay, so
2: one episode done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. But let's talk about how living conditions opens with some anti-share propaganda, and we will not stand for it.
2: Listen, um, were my husband on this podcast? But he's, he could not make it. He is working, but um, he absolutely is a caffeine. He owns that. He would be like, "Yeah, I'm listening to that same song again." <laughs>
1: Yeah, and also, I just want to point out, I think we should take a poll, a three-person poll right now. Oh, boy. I I feel like if I were in college and she weren't a demon, I actually feel like I might be friends with Kathy. Oh, for sure.
0: I am friends with a Kathy, a gay male version of Kathy, so probably, yeah. All gay
1: males are Kathy. <laughs> the one time we need you to be friends with a straight person, and it ends up being a gay person. <laughs>
0: Ian! <laughs> um, I... I think Kathy also fall like I mean I said this already but I I really don't understand why we didn't she would have made a good arc she would have yeah I don't know I mean she was a good foil to Buffy and had she not been stealing her soul it would have been like okay yeah like keep her around for a little bit as like annoying side character like it yeah feel, it feels like they cut themselves short this season it's like they introduced these characters that could be the way in high school we had harmony and we had you know, Larry and whatever. Like,
2: she could have, like, had they developed her and not gone the demon route, she could have been an interesting person killed off during Hush or something. Like, she could have, like, there could have been a lot
1: of emotional states. So I said to Ian before, I feel like they could have gotten a little bit of mileage out of Kathy, especially since Anya isn't really part of the group yet, because she's a 1000 year old ex-demon, or, you know, still demon, And I really feel like, first of all, I think the show in this episode takes this, like, weird anti-women's education stance. Because if you get down to it, like, Kathy is someone who, like, fought to go to a new dimension because she wanted to learn. And the show, like, punishes her for it. And I think that if she had, like, I feel like she could have told Buffy, like, listen, I come from a tribe or, like, a place where, like, my people don't want women to learn anything. Like, please help me defeat this guy who's coming after me. And then, like, we can be friends. Like, the only reason that I am this way is because I have a secret and I can't tell it to you, and I'm going to tell you now. And Buffy's like, I have a secret. I'm the slayer. I'll help you. And then Kathy is, like, a mini part of the Scoobies, but she dies during Hush. There you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could buy that.
2: Mmm. I like that a lot.
0: Um... But also, so I mean, there's a lot more going. There's a, a lot of things going on in this episode. Um,
1: really? Well, that's wow, true. Wow! Wow, Adam. Well, <laughs> well, Adam came with the, heat. Adam came with the heat. So we <laughs> we meet Parker. It, though.
0: Yeah. We meet Parker, and we see Veruca for the first time. I like. They both made me go like Ugh, when I saw them on screen. Because oh, I
1: secretly love Veruca, and I think Veruca is an undercover gay icon. Because she caused Buffy and Tara... She caused Willow and Tara to happen. And she's badass. Oh, yeah. Matthew, there
0: isn't a... Co- there is. She can't be Willow's gay root. That's not a real thing.
1: No, she's Willow's gay root. And because if she hadn't come along, Oz would have still been there and she wouldn't have fallen for Tara. And... Um, she wouldn't have so, figured
2: it out soon enough.
1: And I think Veruca is at least bisexual. But... That but...
0: I <laughs> I would I would I'd say that Willow awesome and to, Willow and Tara are the bigger gay icons of the show. So like,
2: um, get out of here. Be, everyone, like, can I love like what I love about Baruka is um like I think like she is I like she was just so I I could see her being like definitely just really fluid like she definitely seems like I know like I know varuka
1: Well, I think yeah I th- yeah you yeah. Um, also so what? okay go ahead what? go ahead
0: alright well um, I really like their like meeting in the like common room of the dorm or whatever hall um, that the last time we see it is when Glory runs through it after she rips the wall off but uh, they're all like they're having like a little meeting and I actually think the beats in that scene are really good that's like very top tier Buffy beats (laughs) of, like, a group meeting, and they also give Oz a lot more to do. Like, he's actually more of a participant in these meetings than he ever was before.
1: Well, one of the things that you said that's really interesting is that the the meeting that happens in the hall when, Kathy, when Buffy is first starting to cast accusations at uh, Kathy um, is... We get a beat where Buffy leaves and the rest of the group comments yeah. on Buffy's mental state, which doesn't happen a lot. I, like We're supposed to follow the camera and we are supposed to follow Buffy and see the show from her point of view, in a way. Um, to see a whole scene where the whole group is talking about her, that doesn't happen a lot. Even when we saw scenes of like you know Buffy being confronted in the library and Willow has to say like everyone use i statements like we didn't see them yeah, planning right. that that confrontation right mm-hmm. we see it, we feel just as blindsided as Buffy so it's very interesting from a writerly perspective to be like Buffy is now off screen and the entire group is talking about like her mental state and how she might be crazy
0: I mean I mean I feel like that sets we do get that going forward we get more of that um like in season six, we get a lot of that.
2: Um, yeah,
0: but
1: the yeah. Time, well, I, well I, yeah. It's funny. I, I mean, I wrote down normal again, which is when that happens, and the only other time I remember this happening, and it might be like a triptych of episodes, is when is killed by death when they're all talking about whether Buffy is making the monster up because she needs to fight something.
0: Which is which is relevant to this episode actually, and I want to go back to that. But also when Willow Willow Tara. Anya and Xander have a meeting at Xander and Anya's apartment after bringing Buffy back when Tara breaks up with Willow. And Xander and Anya just go into the bedroom because they feel awkward. I don't remember what episode of season six that is, but it's in the beginning after they brought Buffy back.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And Tara says, I just can't do this anymore. They're in Xander and Anya's apartment and Buffy's not there.
2: That's yeah. a weird...
1: Yeah, season. that's where season six starts to get muddy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they have to do that because, like, I mean, Buffy's not even alive at the beginning of 6, so you're yeah. kind of, like, with the group, and then... But yeah, it, you're you're right, it, and that's... But they're also kind of concerned about her because she's just back from the dead as opposed to, like, this episode yeah. where there's kind of, like, is Buffy... Has Buffy gone off the deep so, end?
0: So, going back to killed by death, this is another time when I'm like, why the fuck don't they just believe her?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a... It's a classic Buffy
2: thing to do (laughs) to have everyone suddenly be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. I mean,
1: that and we get that ultimately when Buffy gets kicked out of her house, right? This is like, Uh, like, is Buffy always right? I mean, we can't always say that Buffy's always right. But like, I don't know Is Yeah, it's it's a question that this episode raises. That's going to happen a few more times as the series goes on as Buffy amasses more and more power and knowledge. Like, I think people get more suspect of her.
0: Yeah, and it's weird, right? Like, I mean, I get that she's... You know, Willow even says she's... That was the evil twin, right? Because she's bordering on Cordelia-esque. And, like, I get it. She is being crazy, but everyone has a person that can drive them nuts. Like, right? Like, everyone,
1: like... Well, I mean, they're also, she's right, but they're also not wrong. I mean, well, right, they are she is
0: losing her soul
1: because she is literally losing her soul. So they're picking up on the fact that Buffy is being less human and she's not being herself. So it's kind of like a, in a weird way, everyone is in the right and Buffy is acting irrationally for the for the correct reason. Mm. And and they're and that's the disconnect. Right. It's like yeah. and it's also like you can have that happen with people. It's like I'm on your side, but the way you're going about this is really weird.
2: That's, I mean, again, like, they, this is something they, like, do throughout, where you said, where there is, like, an element of, they're not wrong, she's not wrong, that sort of thing. And it's usually, like, from episode, like, it's, it's episode to episode, the strength of that plot device varies. Yes, yes. Because. Like, they sell it better in some parts versus others and you know like when
0: i the last time i revisited season seven with my ex it was the first time i actually felt like oh i kind of see where they're coming from buffy is being a little bit of a dickhead not that it makes sense for them to kick her out of her own house but it was like That's one like, of
2: the, yeah the response is extreme but yeah. always like yeah that it is i mean there are certain things that like you know listen to faith more on that.
0: yeah like she need, did need to chill like she did need to chill a little bit and it's weird because like Yeah, it just, and for me in this, it, like, Buffy does come off as a crazy person, but, like, I know the Kathy type, and the Kathy type drives me crazy, even if it's someone I love. And, you know, think of, like, our parents, when our parents drive us nuts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you and I, Adam, we really know that. <laughs>
2: like... Oh my god! Well, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there are certain times where like people are like, "Why are you behaving this way? Why are you suddenly?" And I know I act this way. Where I'm like, "Why?" As soon as I say, that, I'm like, "Why did I just say that?" Yeah. There are things on this podcast that I'm like, <laughs> "Why did I say that?" I I have such a bad memory. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know she what did I say? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. You yeah. know, it's it's funny. Whenever I like listen back to things, I'm always like, "Oh shit!" I, you know,
1: I, I also, so one thing about that scene, too, that I love is, like, they work so hard to make Kathy such a fucking square. And, <laughs> and like, the backpack that she's wearing, oh I will never forgive them for giving her that backpack. <laughs> What's the backpack again? Oh, my gosh. Go back. It looks and like look a little kid. I'm going to Google it right
2: now. When it.
1: she, um like, when she walks away from them and she, like, they're having the little back and forth about her being on the right, the bed when she was, when she woke up on her side of the bed, like she's wearing this like really terrible geeky backpack that I just can't even, it's like a messenger bag, but instead of having the messenger bag on your side, on a strap, the messenger bag is like on backpack straps.
0: It really looks like something like a 10 year old would wear. It's so bad. Um,
2: but the more they tried to make Kathy a square, the more relatable she got. So,
1: <laughs> jokes on everyone. <laughs> like, um, honestly, Kathy is the every woman. Like, we are all
0: But so, I, I do have to say, I really like them. It's a shame that Seth Green quit. So, it's all abrupt. Because I would have liked to see... I liked seeing Oz Patrol with Buffy. Like, I liked yeah. seeing... I liked seeing her be a... I really appreciate seeing her be a crazy person, because I can relate to that. Um, And, you know, I like Oz and her having the scene together. And she even mentions, like... There's twice in this episode where someone mentions that the person's doing something they've never done before. When Buffy goes to Giles and she asks him what he's doing and what are his plans, and he responds genuinely about what his plans are and then goes and now it occurs to me you've never once asked me what I, what my plans are before why are you asking me this
1: Buffy does the <laughs> same
0: thing with Oz where she's like and wait a minute why are you controlling with me you've never done this before um and he says well I just wanted to tag along and she's like I can handle myself which is weird that she would assume he's there to protect her because that's not Oz isn't like some shitty like that's some shit Xander would pull not Oz um, right to be like, oh, I have to protect you, even though she's a superhero with superpowers. But I appreciate him just walking with her and her like being a complete crazy person, breaking a bench. Um, and when he's like, oh well, says something about her slang, and she's like, ugh, Kathy's even affecting that. And like, I don't know, I it's a shame that Seth Green quit because while I love Tara coming in, I would have liked to see more of him getting more scenes and getting more to do.
2: I'd like to, I'd like to have seen Oz without Willow like I mean like in a in his own different relationship and how he would have interacted with mm. um, Willow and Tara you know besides like the episode where he does get to interact with them yeah. like briefly but like actually like living like, alongside the person yeah yeah right I mean, normalizing to it I want to
1: take part of what you're saying and agree with it and then disagree with another part of it it's like I don't want to see more Oz. I just wish that they had used him in this way prior because I, and this goes back to like my whole philosophy about this season. Like I think this whole season is character studies and just like who these people are as people when they don't have to face like a giant dick demon that's going to (laughs) attack graduation day. Right. Like, Mm. so it's really like asking questions about who they are as people. So I like, her interaction with Oz, because as, like, a writer, right, like, the, the one of the easiest ways to have your character find out who they are is to, like, have them interact with a person one-on-one that they've never had to interact with before. And, like, her and Oz don't have a lot of one-on-one scenes, so I would have liked Oz to just be used more, because Oz is such a, like, he speaks so little. I actually find that, like, that makes the characters around him speak more and so like you get more of their agenda and what they're thinking and so i just wish that they had used him more like that because most of his scenes if not all of his scenes are like with willow only and so it is is—it's yeah. a, a really nice scene but um so i think it's emblematic of what the season is going to do because buffy and xander for for the most part actually until that that talk at last episode they don't talk they don't have heartfelt talks the way that buffy and willow have heartfelt talks that was actually, like, one of their first heartfelt moments. And then the next episode, they do that again with Oz, where they're like, okay, we're allowing, we're expanding who Buffy is talking to, but also trying to show you that, like, Willow can't be there for Buffy, and we're setting that up for this, like, season-long arc.
2: Yeah. Like, it's it seems like, um, I don't know. Like, would Oz's, like in in that situation, if he were utilized more in that, would he like would his like not talking as muchness like have gotten old or or something like that? Like, was he only like beloved because he was in that for that like short amount of time? I
1: mean, well, I think you just need to know how to use the character right, yeah. like as a writer. Like, if like um, you know, you use Anya because you need to like tell some exposition really quickly or do something and you know anya will just be the one to say it but like if you need a character that's going to be stoic and like not super talkative you could you could use oz i guess yeah i think like
2: yeah go ahead yeah i think
0: that's a really fair point but i feel like you and i adam definitely would fall victim to that trap of quiet person so we talk 10 times more (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, oh well, please! I mean, like you, I, I can think right away. Like you're like some of your friends who are just yeah. more like the sounding boards, um, but uh, like I, re- what I like about Oz is, um, I think he provided a spice that was, that was not really duplicated again, which is, like everyone's pretty quick to panic, and he was not. Yeah, like situation like he would like be able, like I, I was I would imagine him like during the glory stuff just like being the one not overwhelmed by the muchness of what was going on there with the gods yeah so yeah.
0: no yeah um I agree with that um I love <laughs> so then Buffy and Willow meet and I think this is the first time she talks about the the nails maybe but Willow's like, you should go see Giles. And Willow calls Giles and says, she's being a crazy person. So send her to see you, okay? And Allison Hannigan's delivery on that line is really good. Like, it, I it caught me off guard and I didn't even think about it. And it, like, made me, like, bark laugh. Um, and I, I... So I just have a few more notes. I know we're, we're going to wrap up soon. Matthew. Yeah, we're good. Um... But the demons—I don't know if you guys noticed—they make the exact same noise the vampires do. During like, what? Like once she pulls off Kathy's face and Kathy makes a monster noise, it's the exact same noise the vamps make. And when Willow and or when Oz and Xander run into the dorm room, and Kathy's pseudo dad v- demon is there, he turns around and ro- like growls at them, and it's the same noise the vampire ma- vampires make.
2: No way! Um, yeah, they have a they have a limited sound budget.
0: Yeah. Um, but also I love all of Buffy's crazy person rantings to Kathy after she finds out she is a demon. She accidentally rips her face off and is just like, I knew it! And she's choking Buffy on the ground, and Buffy's like, at least I won't have to watch you floss anymore. Like, I love how shitty she's
2: being. (laughs) Uh, This, like, it it really, the humor here starts to really blossom in the one-offs in season four. Yeah. Um... Where they start to do this trend of episodes that go high to low with stakes, like it, and like fear itself also ends up being this way.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Where, it's so it's such good like comedic irony or something. Yeah. Where like the whole episode, people are dying
2: and the souls are getting sucked out, and the people, this crazy tensions have been so high, and then it just ends on this waka 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 note. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I am
1: Katnar. Like,
2: and it's like not necessarily unwelcome. Like I mean, it yeah. works; it's good, but it's always such a interesting. Like when you go to season seven, like only God, I think the oh, the only time they ever get to this point in season seven, besides like, is storyteller and like maybe. In the episode, um, him with yeah. like the letter jacket, like where it's just. They also
1: kind of do it with first date, but then they undercut it. Like they're everyone's laughing and they're like, haha, we all had bad dates. And Xander's like, I dated Ashanti. And then Giles is like, why are you all laughing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's, it's like that's, it's like, it's, you get a full dose of that kind of humor and writing style in season four, which is why it's kind of like this interesting. Doesn't work all the time, but yeah. does, I could see why people don't like this one the most. Um, uh, but while it still has value as like sort of this it's the halfway point in the series. It's yeah. it's the kind of it's the transition where going where character arcs are completely ending, beginning. So never again.
0: Another thing I wanted to point out and I wanted to see your opinion on Adam. I feel like the demon has a very David Lynchian entrance. Like, um, it feels like something that could have been like one of the, like the Black Lodge demons entering a scene. For sure,
2: for <laughs> sure. Because the thing about David Lynch stuff is that um, he prefers like semi shitty yeah. effects. Yeah. Like he much rather like he would not put the budget into the like the budget he got on the new Twin Peaks was all put in other things. It yeah. was none of it was put into like here's how we're gonna make this portal open. Yeah. Like it in, in 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 a way, it makes the effect um, a little more creepy. Because Can I ask is,
1: a question? Is, yes. There are demons in Twin Peaks. There are demons <laughs> yeah. in Twin
2: Peaks. Where have you been, Al? <laughs> y'all need to be. Watching. I
1: told I've told everyone my feelings on Twin Peaks. I saw like a few minutes of the pilot right, right, and right. hated it. Few <laughs> <You> minutes. <meant it. laughs> I saw like. Well, I know, I saw, like, half the pilot, and I just, like, didn't get it, and Mm -hmm. was turned off. So everyone can hate Tweet Me Now, whatever, we all just, like, different things. And the pilot's, like,
0: pretty straightforward when compared to the rest of the show, right, Adam? I tell
2: people, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you would not know that (laughs) there's any, in fact, when I went through it again, you wouldn't know anything is afoot supernaturally until, like, three, episode three, maybe. Mm, Um, Okay. Like, you get to the first two episodes, and it's like a straight up, like, it could be like Top of the mystery. Lake, or yeah. it could be, like, it could be one of those shows where we're just like, wait, it's a murder mystery, everyone's a little off their rocker, Um, but then you get down into, I mean, by the time you get to season three of the new stuff, I mean, yeah. it is dimensions, and portals, and demons, and monsters, and- Oh my, oh my
1: gosh.
2: <laughs> and I and-
1: Look at me being a little ignorant Iggy. I
2: know, I feel so great, because normally that's my role. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, again, um, it remains not for everyone, but um, (laughs) regardless. Adam's like...
0: pulling something off of the table he's sitting at right now.
2: <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I, I, again, like, I, it, it, I'm, I'm chill with it. It's my favorite. <laughs> I, and I feel like
1: it. Adam and I have spoken about me and Twin Peaks, and we've reached a place of mutual respect for each other.
0: <laughs> I, all, I agree. Alright, so...
1: <laughs> Rude.
0: So... As our new season 4 questions You just do, like the zip
1: it sound effect. Online. I know. I thought that was my job and now Ian's trying to act like he's the well, time. Well, cuz I know you have a,
0: a time window, Matthew.
1: It's like, listen, we can't just Thank be you for being compassionate, thing. Ian.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to get there. So, as with season 4, we added new questions. Um one. So, I guess since we're doing two episodes and we don't really like do two episodes as much, we'll do it for each Quick poll of everyone. Favorite scene from each episode. Favorite outfit? And did you cry?
2: Adam? Um, uh, Let's start no. with the freshman. Freshman, um favorite scene in the freshman is um is her going wacko on you touched my shit. Um <laughs> Then my favorite outfit favorite outfit in the fr- freshman. I really like um I really like that like honestly, like the bathrobe that Giles's girlfriend is wearing is like super comfortable super comfortable. <laughs> um, but like obviously like her you know that that pink jacket was pretty sweet. Um, and then the great i not the great I would give it the um did I cry? No, I, I it's you know, contrary to um, all my emotional stuff on Twitter. Like I don't cry very much during shows. I usually watch it very placidly. Hmm. Um, everything's kind of going amok inside, but um, <laughs> it's rare to get something, get actual tears out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, same with living conditions. Um, favorite scene for that would have just like, honestly, the beginning where just, <laughs> that were <laughs> believed just on repeat because I just like hearing that song and it just puts me in a good mood um, and then uh, yeah I can't really think of an outfit in that but uh, no and then, and then no tears right. so.
0: and Matthew?
1: So for freshmen, um, I'm going to go with a weird pick and I'm going to say my favorite outfit is Xander's um, like what, what is that kind of sweater called? sweater vest? Ah, uh, yeah, a sweater vest over a T-shirt. Okay. I think he just yeah. looks handsome in it. Um, and I'm not usually the type to lust over Xander, but I feel like in the beginning, in the in that outfit, he looks cute. Um, and my favorite scene is the first fight between Buffy and Sunday, because I feel like it's really tense and it's a scene that we're not used to that kind of fight where we see the Slayer obviously losing. Mm. And um, I never cry, so.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> and you cry enough for both
1: of I am I void of feeling.
0: All right. And then so what about in living conditions?
1: So in living conditions, um, living conditions, I'm going to say it's a tie for my favorite outfit. We didn't talk about my favorite scene actually. So I'll talk about my favorite scene in living <laughs> conditions is when Buffy and Kathy are just doing everything to annoy each other. And the way the show just uses like all of the music cues and the sound effects to like perfection with, like, the pencil and the cracking of the egg. I just think it's, like, high, great high comedy. And the the outfit Buffy's wearing when she drinks the milk is amazing. Like, that cute little shoulder peak uh, top.
0: Oh, the cover of the Buffy oh, yeah. that I made for the cover of this podcast art?
1: Yeah. It's, my, <laughs> it's, one, it's a great just Buffy outfit in general. But I do want to say that it's a close second to the outfit that she's wearing when she actually fights Kathy. Because... That outfit is giving me like Laura dern in Jurassic park like it's <laughs> but it just the skirt is a little too long if the sh- skirt was short, it's very like outdoorsy with the beige and the and it's very it's and with the beige and the green uh oh, I love it
0: <laughs> um so my favorite scene in freshman is Buffy twirling that goddamn steak like a gunslinger and throwing it into sunday
2: yeah my
0: favorite outfit is buffy's red top with the cuff jeans because they i used to cuff my jeans as a little emo 19 year old um as was the style kind of back then um slash and this is in my notes motherfuckers sunday's all black alt 90s the craft outfit
2: <laughs> so yes. fuck all y'all i um, i'm, I'm- did I it's cry? It's just fun to make fun of you loving something.
0: <laughs> did I cry? No. But I did, like, become that gif of Damien from Mean Girls when she broke the Class Protector Award. Um, oh, it's a
2: terrible moment. Yeah. yeah.
0: My favorite scene in Living Conditions is, is Buffy yelling, I knew it, after ripping off Kathy's face. It's A+. Plus. Um, followed close second by, a- yeah, by the like, at least I don't have to watch you floss if you kill me line. My favorite outfit is Oz in his very handsome peacoat type jacket. And no, I didn't cry. This is like, this is the only time when there's like two string of Buffy episodes where I don't cry.
2: Although season These four... These are not I, really cry Yeah, I don't it.
0: think season four does a lot of that.
2: Not well, you know
1: what? Season. Oh my god, I'm not even going to yell at you yet, but I'm going to yell at you when you don't cry for Harsh Light of Day, because that is a cry-worthy episode. <laughs> harsh um, Light of
0: Day? Well, I already watched it, and I can say I didn't cry, so... Ugh, what are we you're... grade the episode, Adam? What are we graded the two episodes, Adam? Oh...
2: Uh, b pluses b pluses
1: all right matthew um i'm gonna give freshmen a b plus and i'm gonna give living conditions a b minus
0: um yeah i think that's what i'm gonna i think i'm gonna give freshmen a b plus and living conditions a b minus as well um yeah all right well thanks for listening everyone um welcome to season four we have now officially started. And if you want to follow our podcast on Twitter, we are at SlayerfestX98. If you want to follow Matthew, he is at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z.
1: If you want to follow Ian Carlos Crawford, you can follow him at Ian X Carlos.
0: And don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast. And you and can listen
1: every week. And then love us unconditionally and
0: subscribe and you can rate us on facebook as well um
1: and you can also follow me
2: um at the adam sass
0: and thanks again we'll see you guys next week Bye. bye bye